0: Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Sampia on SAFM, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. It is eight minutes after five o'clock and it's time for the interview. South Africa's new public protector, can she restore respect and credibility to the office? Following her recent appointment as uh, South Africa's new public protector, advocate Collega Galega joins us to talk about her new role and also to explain how she hopes to use her new position to promote South Africa's constitutional democracy, good governance, efficient administration and the protection of human rights. Prior to her appointment, you may recall that Galaga was initially appointed as the the country's deputy public protector in january 2020 and has been acting public protector since advocate busiswem kwebani's suspension in june last year so she is quite familiar with the environment and the expectations thereof but can she take the work of the pp's office to the next level we are now joined on the line by advocate colega gallega who is the newly appointed public protector of the country how does it feel to be called public protector good afternoon
1: Grafton and Alvin Grafton into to the SAFM listeners, I think it's quite a humbling um, responsibility uh, that I'm actually entrusted with, you know, to lead an institution of this magnitude, but more importantly, to actually support um, and strengthen our constitutional democracy, and I do not take that um, lightly.
0: And considering, as I was saying in the introduction, um, that you uh, probably had like a one-year head start as the Acting Public Protector, but now that the title is official, does that make any shift or is there any shift in your, in your mind also about the vision that you have for the Office of the Public Protector and what you'd love the Public Protector's Office to achieve?
1: Not a shift at all. Um, it's, it's actually a continuation you know, um, it's for continuity of the work that I started to lead um, 17 months ago. I started with this um, role as the acting public protector. The name is different, but the powers and the responsibilities in terms of the Constitution in the Public Protector Act are are exactly the same. So I started to set the tone um, then on which direction the institution is supposed to go. So everybody is aware um, and is actually leading with me, you know, uh, in the manner in which we want to take this institution. And it is basically, an. Int- we need to intensify that and and actually be consistent as an institution in the messaging that we've started then and the work that we've started then. But it is very important in creating stability that an institution such as this um, have continuity.
0: So what's your vision?
1: My vision basically is to enhance the vision and mission of the Public Protector South Africa. There's nothing new that I can come up with, you know, basically is for me. Day, how do we then enhance this? First of and foremost, in in order for us to be the public protector that is required at uh, this stage of our democracy, with all its um, adversities, is that we need to be a centre of excellence. We need to build ourselves um, internally, which is work that we've already started doing. We need to intensify on in skills development, on training. But, but most importantly, we need to build ourselves as an ethical institution and, 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 and an institution of integrity, but we need to ensure that we are the institution, indeed, that is the custodian of fostering good governance and ethical leadership in the state, and to do so to be able to ensure that the state is able to deliver services in an efficient, effective, yeah. and equitable manner. But most importantly, we need to be innovative as an institution. So We need to ensure that the work that we do must be done in such a manner that it is effective, it's in a creative manner. We're able to reach out uh, more um, to the communities and be more accessible to the communities But uh, we obviously need to transform the manner in which we do that in line with the digital age, which is work that um, we've already started doing. But most importantly, uh, we need to strengthen our stakeholder relations because we need to be more impactful as an institution. And in order to be more impactful as an institution, our remedial actions need to be implemented, meaning that, again, Into to the credibility of our reports, the integrity of those reports, but the type of relationship um, that we we build and, uh, and maintain with our stakeholders throughout in government, other state institutions, but most importantly, the people of South Africa
0: how are the finances of the Public Protector's Office looking like? Um, and also considering um, some of the budget cuts that we've seen over the previous years as well. And I remember even with the time of advocate um, Tulima Donzella, one of the issues that she actually raised was that um, after the Gandla judgment, um, and the the clarity that came from that constitutional court judgment, that the public protector's remedial action cannot be ignored. If you want to um, take the report on review, you take it on review at a court of law. But this has now also led to more cases being, t- or more reports being taken on review, and therefore meaning that um, the fees, legal fees that uh, the public protector's office is bearing, have also been increasing
1: now the the finance of the institution are as as they were but we need to be innovative as an institution we can't continuously be complaining because that would actually put us in a in a situation where we are unable to look beyond what we have we need to make do with what we have and we've started doing that first and foremost um Looking into the, the litigation, our litigation has actually declined. And the reasons for that is that we have built stronger systems. Firstly, we make sure that even in our allegations letter, we put out fully what the allegation is, what it means, what what kind of remedies are we even looking at from the beginning. You know, so that we start the conversation um, with our stakeholders um, from the beginning. By the time we, we finalize the reports, the stakeholders have actually applied their minds um, of where we are headed to. If you look at the two reports that we've released recently, um, the report into the state of service delivery in the in, in the Eastern Cape, it's, it's almost a 500 page report, quite intense um, on the on the dysfunctionalities. In the Eastern Cape, however, that that report has been welcomed. The government has already started on the implementations of the remedial action. We are expecting a plan on the on the remaining ones. There's quite cooperation. Um, uh, on the 31st, we released the one into Hamanskral. We heard the mayor of the City of Cape Town yesterday, who's also accepted the report. It's not kind reports. However, is the manner in which um, we are interacting with our stakeholders and and the manner in which we are posturing ourselves. But most importantly, we've affected. Um, proposed amendments into the Public Protector Act, which we've already submitted to the Department of Justice. And one of the critical ones is is around the effectiveness of the existence of this office, which is the implementation of the remedial action. And there we are proposing that we actually criminalise the non-implementation of the remedial action. Now, what it does, instead of us going to court to enforce the implementation of our remedial action, or as we've been doing over the years because of the budget, Um, constraints we simply keep on asking and asking and at times they just don't do anything and we don't have the money to take them on a civil suit but we would then be able um, to to uh, lay charges criminal charges for contempt of the public protector same as it is in respect of our subpoena powers so we are looking really at different um, legal ways but also you know, non legal ways to ensure that we become more impactful as an institution with the limited budget that we have. We've also done an application into the CARA funding. I truly uh, believe and I'm quite confident that for, for the first time, the Public Protector South Africa will be able to. Um, to to be given access into the CARA funding because our application was based on um, anti-corruption projects which we've already started as an institution. So we're quite confident that we'll be able um, to tap into that fund. But also we are building relations and and fostering best practices, but also training um, with our international partners, similar institutions as the public protector. But also, we also have the African Ombudsman Research Centre um, in South Africa, which I chair is the public protector in South Africa, which actually is um, receiving funds from the International Ombudsman Institute. So we are leveraging into that particular platform to enhance um, our capacity and some of the work that we are doing but also um, accessing into the communities so we really need to be creative we are not in a good economical state as a country so we can't keep on being complainants ourselves we need to do something
0: and this issue around money, because um, the, the state capture report um, that has been completed by the, by the chief justice is what the chief justice is now saying is that he finds himself in a space where he has to ask um, the private sector, um, law firms, private law firms, to come and defend him and defend the report because um, there's no money coming from the state attorney. Is this an issue for the public protector at all?
1: Well, I think you're raising two issues. The money in in respect um, of paying for litigation. Yes, there's no money to pay for litigation um, everywhere. Hence, we are trying the best that we can as an institution to ensure that we reduce our litigation. But the other issue that you are raising in the same question is the implementation of the state capture report by the Zondo Commission. Now, our stance as the public protector is that This report derives out of our remedial action. And we've communicated this um, to parliament and we've also communicated to the presidency and that we will be monitoring the implementation um, of the state capture report. Now, we have not interacted um, with the chief justices yet, you know, um, to get his concerns. We've obviously heard of his concerns um, in the media, but we've actually asked um, the speaker um, to give us um, the update, which she had, and it, it was the same update that she um, ultimately um, delivered to the to the public. But it is something that we will be doing quarterly to find out um, how far how far are the implementations of the of the state capture um, report. But on the other hand, um, the the limitation there is that. The, the state capture report has got recommendations now recommendations are either to be accepted or not to be accepted now our pa- our powers in that respect is not as it is when it when if it had been our report which would have been remedial actions that are binding so but my emphasis is that it needs to be an ethical stance um, from from government and um, from parliament as the legislature to ensure that government actually um, implements those recommendations, which are implementable.
0: Are you satisfied with the with the process so far? With
1: the process the is
0: the of the we- recommendations.
1: No, we are not satisfied with the process. The process is quite slow. We think more can be done. And I mean, it's not just my views. If you look even into the uh, IMF reports into South Africa, consistently they say the implementation of governance reforms in South Africa are quite slow. 0614-104-107.
0: 0614-104-107. You can also drop me an X at Aldrin St-Pierre and our studio line is 86 2032 in conversation with uh, the newly appointed public protector of, of the country, former acting public protector and the former deputy public protector of the country, Advocate Kaleka. What questions do you have for her in considering, of course, that she's starting off this seven years of uh, being in the office of the public protector as the public protector of the country? 0614-104-107.
2: 7. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Mr. Andrew. Uh, my question to uh, advocate uh, Gallega, the new public protector. Uh, one, what is uh, what is his first priority when um, he goes to do that job? Also, how can she help uh, the rural uh, areas, p- uh, people that are that are, that they don't have title deeds at the at their land that is, is 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 owned by what you call kings. Thanks. Hi Adrian, this is Monday in Cape Town. I'd like to ask the Public Protector one question only. These three values that I will underscore objectivity subjectivity and neutrality which of those values will the public protector use the most or the least in a tenure of seven years as public protector adrian good afternoon
0: thank you so much let's just quickly take this call from anonymous joining us from east london good afternoon good 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 i need you to quickly ask that question yeah
2: Okay, no more. Okay, uh, good uh, day, good, Mr. Uh, advocate uh, uh, My question that I'm having to you is that uh, or to, to, to to a mandate that you give given as the head of the social institutions, what are your mandates and what are your limitations and accessibility in terms of investigating the government officials? That like in all three spheres, the local government to the national government, because I haven't had you investigating a national officials from the national department, from the, the officials in the national level. Because I also, year I have a complaint regarding the Department of Sports and Culture, from last year, it's almost a year now, it's plenty. My complaint has been closed in op- the professional office, even to your office, so I haven't got any answers regarding my complaint, regarding the particular department. Thanks what it's
0: Okay, thank you so much, Anonymous. Um, PP, over to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Aldrin. Um, Let me take up the, the first question and actually thank the callers um, for their questions. My priority really is to restore the integrity of the institution. Uh, it, it is very important and um, to expand our mandate as an institution, but expand our effectiveness and efficiency as an institution so that uh, we can have more impact um, in, in line with the constitution. How we're able to help in respect of the title deeds? I think um, complaints vary. Um, I'd rather like to give the caller our um, complaints line so that they can send the complaint and we can have a look at it uh, and see whether it is a complaint that falls within our area of of jurisdiction because what's important is that our area of jurisdiction is state offence. Um, so such complaints vary. Some of them don't necessarily fall within state affairs and some do. So our line is registration to at pprotect.org. If kindly they can send the complaint there. And uh, our central phone number is eight double zero double one. Two zero four zero, and alternatively, because of our accessibility, they can kindly send their details to you, Aldrin, and we can get it from you, and we will gladly contact them. And. Okay. Uh, I- Outreach officers can also come to their area and hear from the community itself what the issues are around this matter. Now, the values that uh, were raised, what values do I subscribe to? And uh, Ms. Dengonde gave the three values. Honestly, I subscribe to the values as enshrined in the constitution of independence, of impartiality, and doing my work without any fear, favour or prejudice. And um, that has to be done objectively. And I cannot look um, beyond those constitutionally enshrined um, values. The third caller, I I would really like to make follow up. I think I I couldn't hear him much clearly. What I heard, it sounds as
0: as though also that it it is related to a a personal complaint that he has lodged. Um, Maybe perhaps um, we can try and see if we can get him in contact with your communications team Um, because he was speaking about um, a number of complaints that he has lodged and asking whether you are investigating um, government officials, which, of course, we know um, that those investigations yeah. have been done by the Public Protector's Office. But we'll try to get him in touch with your communications team.
1: Would appreciate that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, Let's quickly go to the voice notes on 0614-104-107.
2: Good afternoon, Adrian. My question to the Public Protector is Laka, like, uh, if they take um, uh, the, the Palapala report on review, how and they found that uh, she was biased, How she's going to react about that? So, that is my question. Thank you.
0: Okay, Public Protector, your response to that, and we understand that, um, was it uh, the ATM, they've said that they've already lodged um, intention to review um, the report? Uh,
1: Look, it's quite a hypothetical question, you know, but one thing really, Aldrin, that I would uh, want to 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 emphasize is that the Palapala report was such an intense report that was actually investigated and uh, and concluded by the institution as a collective in line with the Public Protector Act where it says the Public Protector shall be assisted by the CEO and staff of the Public Protector. And, the, and this is how this report was produced. And it was produced in line with our investigative methodologies, but also from the lessons learned. Um, from the court judgments against um, the public protector. I really do not foresee an area of biasness that the court would find. Um, Really, it, it would be a matter of law if the court were to find against us as, as the public protector. And we would actually um, respect that and we would correct as we have been doing. We do a continuous analysis of court judgments against us and we continue to correct. And that is the manner in which we had um, approached the matter.
0: On the palapala meta, the remedial action that you had issued including um, that action must be taken against um, the against uh, the, the general uh, rueda as well as another police officer um has the police commissioner responded to you around what action has been taken against general rueda
1: so, oh, yeah. um, there was a communication to SAPS that they were in a process um, of taking action. Now, we have not reached the expiry, so we have not yet um, received a report of what action has been taken and what has been the result of that particular action. So, we are still awaiting that, but the report was, um, was acknowledged and that SAPS will act on the remedial action.
0: But for now, no action has been taken that you know of?
1: Not at this stage. We have not received the report.
0: <laughs> and then on again on um, investigating um, members of the executive and the legislation says that the investigation must be done within 30 days and a report must be handed over to, uh, to the president. What I've realized with the various public protectors, even your predecessors as well, is... Um, it, it seldom happens where you have the investigation being completed in 30 days. Should we see an amendment to that legislation? Because clearly the Public Protector's Office is not able to adhere to what is prescribed there.
1: First and foremost, let me just explain the prescription. The prescription doesn't end there. It, it moves on to say where the Public protector is unable to complete the investigation within 30 days, it, it, it must then report on that. Um, so it is not a definite prescription that um, that is the end. So it is really not a contravention of the act where the public protector is unable to finish, to complete the investigation rather within 30 days. However, um, Advocate Madonzella had proposed that um, the Executive Members Ethics Act to be amended. And we actually, made follow-up with the Speaker in respect of these amendments and the Speaker had had indicated that they are putting in place processes to amend the Executive Members Ethics Act. So it is not an act within our control as the, as the Public Protector, but um, but that of but that of Parliament.
0: Final one, Public Protector. You know what um, advocate Linus Breitenbach said in Parliament, how did that make you feel?
1: I was very upset. Uh, I must say, I I, I was very upset about it. I mean, at this stage of our democracy, um, such kind of comments are really um, unfortunate. However, I've got a mammoth task um, ahead of me as the public protector of the Republic of South Africa. And I want to honour this office actually by what is prescribed in the constitution and uh, conduct my duties and that is really what I wish to concentrate on and I do not want to to distract myself on on issues or actions of other people which I do not have control over I have control on how I react to that and um, that is what I chose to do.
0: Thank you so much for your time. That is Advocate uh, Kolega Dalega, the newly appointed public protector of the country.